Last week, TV historian, critic and broadcaster Andrew Mercado and I tried to bring you a roundup of TV shows and movies that feature apartments. Well, we got through the TV shows okay, but then we just ran out of time. So here is the second part of that podcast. I'm Jimmy Thompson. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. I'm here with Andrew Mercado, TV historian and cinema owner. Wouldn't it be great to have your own cinema? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who who needs a large screen TV <laughs> on your wall when you've got your own cinema to go to? Andrew, we're going to talk about movies, apartments in movies. So the one that immediately springs to mind for me is Rear Window. Yeah. With uh, James Stewart and that fabulous picture. At the, and I think it was only a promo shot of him in the wheelchair with the telescope. Yeah. And, and was it Grace Kelly? Grace Kelly was in it. And in the background, there are all these, and I'm going to put this on the website so people can see it, all these windows of all the other apartments. And there's, you know, people leaning out the windows, smoking cigarettes, playing saxophones, whatever. Mm. Just what that very romanticized uh, idea of what apartment living in New York would have been like. And of course, across the way, somebody is being murdered, which is, just enhances it. Does that rate as a movie for you? Well, it rates as a movie for me. It also rates uh, pretty highly on film historian lists. I actually heard a thing with Miff Wilhurst on ABC Radio yesterday yeah. in which she was speaking to a film professor from uh, somewhere in Melbourne, and she was asking him what movies should film students watch because right. i think we're kind of really caught up in an era now with netflix where everyone's watching you know everything's got to be in high definition and it's all got to be <laughs> in letterbox 16 by 9 yeah what we're not seeing at the moment is the classics and now that the video stores have shut where do you find those classics to mm. watch mm. they're not on netflix they're not on stan there's probably a few of them at Foxtel, but there's still a whole bunch of classic movies that are kind of being forgotten about for now yeah. until we catch up to America and get some of their streaming services like TCM, Turner yeah. Classic Mu yeah. Movies, and the Criterion Collection is coming soon to streaming. So one, two of the movies that he talked about, one of them was Rear Window. Yeah. In fact, his top two were Rear Window and The Apartment. Oh, the other one we're going to talk about. And he's used both of those films as absolute studies in how to create character-driven drama. And he spoke very much about the fact that movies should also be able to work from a visual standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if the, do you understand what's going on if you can't hear the dialogue? Those were, the, those were both his top two picks, The Apartment and Rear Window. Rear Window was Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. The apartment was Billy Wilder, and it starred Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Uh, and yes. I've got to tell you, I've never seen it. Really? No, because only yesterday when the guy said that, I thought, wow, did you just say that? I guess I'm going to have to really make a put because I'm well aware of it. And I've yeah. obviously seen some like it hot. Yeah. Um, many, many times, but I've just never seen The Apartment. And it, how I would watch it, I don't know. It's interesting because I use it as an example of how prejudices against apartment living started. Really? Um, because in that movie, you know, Jack Lemmon's character, he works in a big office, you know, and he, and he has an apartment. And as soon as people say, oh, you've got an apartment in the city. Can I borrow it? 
I want to take my secretary there. I want to have an affair in your apartment because that's what you do in apartments. Yeah, right. And you look at some of the reports, especially from Melbourne, uh, early in last century, in the 20th century, and they talk about people living in uh, in apartments in crime coverage. You say, oh, she lived in an apartment. It's like, ooh, right. right. Oh, she crossed the line. Yeah. So that I think there's a hangover in that when people now, you know, when apartment owners and apartment residents are saying, hey, our building's falling down, Mrs. Premier, your government or the government before you allowed this to happen, there's a there's a, just an air of... Yeah, but you chose to live in an apartment, so <laughs> yeah. you have to live by different rules yeah. from everybody else. Rear Window is that fantastic story. It is a psychodrama like most Hitchcock films are. Obviously, a man who becomes convinced that he's seen a murder. Now, but I have also to, a voyeur. I, I have to make a confession <laughs> here. I've never seen the whole of Rear Window. <laughs> It's so hard to find these films, as yeah. you said. You know, you miss it when it's coming round for the 50th time. You're not going to get the 51st. No. Although there's little niche companies on eBay who seem to have trolled up all the old DVDs. Yeah, kids, DVDs are kind of <laughs> like a disc <laughs> that you could watch a movie on. I won't throw away my DVDs for that very reason because yeah. I'm particularly interested in cinema of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. So... I'm keeping those DVDs. I've taken them out of the big plastic cases and I've got them in plastic sleeves so they take up less room. But I look at them now as they're going to be collector items in this period where we're going to have to wait for everything. Everything will eventually be streaming, I suspect, in the future. But I think there's going to be, particularly in Australia, there's going to be a bit of a delay with old movies. How will we see them? I've got cupboards full of VHS and I've got a machine sitting over there that converts VHS to DVDs. I also have the entire series of another TV show I made, which was called Crash Palace. Yes, I remember Crash Palace. That was set in a backpacker yes, hostel. Yes, it was. Just round the corner from yeah, here. Yeah, and I'm glad you've got copies of those, because I don't think Foxtel kept them. No, and I'm wondering how I can possibly, A, sneak this onto the internet, I know how to do that. Yeah. But B, not get arrested, and C, make some money off it. Well, because they didn't sign up the actors, you see, the the the, the internet and and yeah. TV, you know, they they didn't sign up the actors. They thought this is kind of disposable TV. Somebody wrote to me, emailed me, just a couple of weeks ago, and they said, "Are you the Jimmy Thompson who created Crash Palace?" And I said, "Yes, I am." And the guy came back and said, "Please tell me that you have every episode." I said, I do. Yeah. But it's all on VHS, so... Those fans are out there. And, you know, I always remember when we were putting number 96 onto DVD and one of the actors, Sheila Canelli, sang to me at the time and she said, she went, oh, you know, darling, of course I'd love some money as a residuals, but you and I both know that None of us signed contracts like that back in the 70s because nobody could see into the future and we never knew that this would happen. So you know what? Pop it out on DVD for the fans and I hope it goes really, really well. Isn't that great? And I thought that is such a lovely attitude to have because the alternative to that is 
I'm not going to be paid for something that I didn't know existed back then. So because I don't want to be paid, I want it locked up forever. Yeah. And you shouldn't do that. No. People love these shows and fans love it. And there would be fans out there that would want to see Crash Palace on YouTube. And they yeah. would love that. And I bet you if you started a Facebook page and word got out and about, that's where you'd find uh, those people who, you know, still follow Stephanie Waring since she left Crash Palace and went back to Hollyoaks and yeah, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those fans are still all out there. Yeah, some of them, some of the actors, I have a feeling there are more actors out there than there are fans. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a fun show to make. Yeah. We went round a couple of backpacker hostels. Yep. And uh, we went to the one that was the hero hostel in, on uh, Victoria Street in King's Cross. And we bought a couple of slabs of beer and some sausages. And we, you know, did a barbecue for the, the kids. And they were young people. And I'm sitting talking to this guy. And I said, so what is it about the backpacking life, staying in hostels when you go on holiday? He says, you know, the most exciting thing, you get off a plane and you get on the bus and the bus takes you towards the city, and especially with Sydney, you know, you can see it on the horizon as you're thinking, and you're thinking to yourself, everything is possible here. I'm furiously writing this down. And I said, so what other places have you been to? And he said, no, this is my first time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, yeah, I wonder where he got that line from. I better make sure I'm not copying somebody else's. (laughs) can't get these films easily on dvd i guess it's hard for you to show them in the cinema it makes absolutely no difference i can i've done a few classic movies but you're under the same rates that you would be for a new film all right it's a little bit less so you know if you buy a new film it costs me 350 dollars to have it there for the week right so you know i need to get a certain people through the door before before I start making a profit. And if I don't get enough people through the door, I still have to pay them 350 So if right. the film bombs yeah. and two people come all weekend, tough titties. Yeah. I wear the cost. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be very careful how you select things. Now, the same thing happens to a classic title. Right. So they might charge me less. They might charge me $250, but I've still got to get a certain number of people through that door. Yeah. So I've done things like... I've done Rocky Horror Picture Show on Halloween because there's a dress-up thing to get people to come to it. I did South Pacific for Mother's Day Mm. in the hope I'd get a few people out. I did, but the most successful one I actually did, believe it or not, where it was a mystery movie. And I told people they had to dress up like it was the 1960s and I threw out clues. And... The movie I ended up screening was Don's Party, which was made in the 70s, but was about the 1969 election. So a lot of the clues I'd been throwing out had thrown people because of that, you know, distinction. But it was absolutely hilarious because I got two of our local councillors. One played the part of Gough Whitlam and one played the part of John Gorton, who were the two (laughs) prime ministers going against yeah. each other because Don's Party is about a party on election Absolutely, night. Absolutely, yeah. And I had those guys read out portions of the original speeches they made back in the day as to why you should vote for me, you know. And, and you know, we had, you know, I can't remember which one it was. I think we had John Corton saying, I will build a nuclear power station in Jarvis Bay. <laughs> I will give pensioners an extra 50 cents a week. And the audience roaring with laughter at what politics was like back then and then watch Don's party. But, I mean, I had to pull in a lot 
off things to make that whole day an event yeah. to screen an old movie. Yeah. And that's kind of what I have to do in a small town. But, you know, Sydney here is a town that doesn't have any classic cinema really at all. In Melbourne, they love it. You can go to the Astor Cinema and get that six-month calendar and stick it on your fridge and go, oh, my God, they're going to have a brand-new print of Rear Window on a double bill with the apartment starting in September and you circle it and you go yeah. to it. Melbourne has that cinema culture. Sydney doesn't. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We have, we have around the corner, we have Govinda's. Yes. Where you lie down to watch. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and it's quite good. And have a fabulous uh, uh, vegetarian uh, fest. Yeah. Uh, Indian, Indian-ish. Yeah, very. Without the curry. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a religious thing, doesn't allow them to use spices. Oh, is that right? Yeah, no Harry garlic, Krishna, no chili. Ah. No, uh, no, it's veg- vegetarian. Right, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's still good. I've always... Yeah. Had a good feed there. Yeah, and lying down to it. The trouble is you fall asleep. It's <laughs> <laughs> always an issue. An apartment movie with a pretty strong Australian connection is Green Card. Right, yes. Directed by Peter Weir. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. And Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. And it's all about him. She's in a, a rent-controlled apartment. And the board gets to choose, you know, who can stay there and who can't stay there. And he has to get his green card because he's a foreigner, because he's French. And it's a charming movie, actually. And it's much in- more charming than Gerard Depardieu turned <laughs> out to be in real life. And it's interesting that you talk about it being about um, rent, that, you know, it's a rent controlled thing, because I think, particularly in TV series, so often we see, and there are so many sitcoms that are. Uh, situated in New York, yeah, and you're looking at those apartments that they're living in, and then some some smartass decides to go, hang on a second, what is that character? What's their job? How much money would they be making? Yeah, sorry, how big is their lounge room? Because space is at a premium. Yeah, yeah. In New York. Yeah. And many of these apartments we see in sitcoms that look normal, would act, you'd actually need to be a millionaire yes. to have an apartment yeah. that size in New York City. Yes. Somebody would have to be looking after you, especially if you're a sous chef, I think. Yeah. <laughs> one, of them was, one of them was worked in a department store. Um, uh, uh, Joey was a... We're talking about friends now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, I should have said. Yeah. Joey was the... the he was an actor. An actor. Like, so he's out of work 90 of, of his the life. Time, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, but, you know, it's part of the aspirational Correct. side of these things. Uh, but you mentioned earlier when we were talking before this, Mad About You, which I think they, they, they're bringing it back. They're talking about bringing it back, yeah. And that was a... I like that show. It was funny. It was sharp and witty. Yeah. Um, the Odd Couple. Very good one. The Odd Couple was a play, then a movie, then a TV series. And then? And then an all-black TV series. What? They did it again with African-American actors. I did not know that. Then they did a movie sequel. Then they did a reunion movie of the TV characters, Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. They did a reunion telly movies. Then they did a female version of the stage show wow. where they switched the characters that neil simon idea yeah. has been rebooted it was rebooted 20 times before the word reboot even became a word because <laughs> uh, that story of the slob yeah li- sharing an apartment with a clean freak yeah it's just it just writes itself it does and the new version 
with um, the guy who played Chandler in Friends. Yes. Now, that was the latest version, wasn't it? Yeah. Where Matthew Perry yes. was doing it with... He was the slobby... Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. The guy who played Felix... Yep. Is brilliant. Yes. Absolutely. I wish I could remember his name. I've never heard of him before or since. No. But absolutely superb. Out, out Tony Randall's Tony Randall. Um, a great line from that is he, he's going. He's always going around with little vacuum cleaners, and he finds them. They're behind books, <laughs> and and um, the uh, the Matthew Perry character Oscar, Oscar says. He's like an alcoholic. He's got one hidden everywhere. <laughs> the one problem with that is the guy who's playing the larger-than-life character, the, the clean freak, yeah. gets it, pitches it absolutely perfectly. Matthew Perry overacts, mm. overjokes. It's every joke. Here's the punchline. And you think, Matthew, you were in one of the most successful sitcoms ever, and you learned nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's kind of he hasn't really done much since then. I don't think that I I think it got axed. I think they only got oh, yeah. a couple of seasons yeah. out of it. And Matthew yeah. Perry's kind of gone into hasn't been on TV since. But yeah, to to me, Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. I mean, Jack yeah. Klugman had that air about him where you really could smell the cigar smoke, <laughs> and you yeah. knew that he was. Dirty. Yeah. Whereas Matthew Perry would just be wearing tracksuit pants. Yeah, and I'm like, like, I'm not convinced that you're as slobby as hey, Jack Klugman used to be. Hey, I'm wearing tracksuit pants, <laughs> you go. What's so bad about that? There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I mean, you could really visually yeah. see it in that first version yeah. with Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. And of course, the original movie. Oh, the original movie. Jack Lemmon. Walter Matthau. Uh, Absolutely brilliant. Superb. Superb. When we come back, we're going to leave the world of fantasy apartments and delve dangerously into real apartment living. That's after this. And I'm back, or I say we're back, because I'm with Andrew Mercado, TV historian and cinema owner. And at some point in his life, I'm... I sense lived in apartments. Many, many apartments. What was the worst? The worst was probably just down the road here in King's Cross. Remember we had that hailstorm in 1999 yeah, with massive yeah. golf-sized hail balls. And I was on in this apartment and on the top floor and it punctured the roof. And there was already a bit of water that started coming in and then water really started coming in when it rained. And I'm talking about water that would be um, running over the light sockets from the oh, ceiling, God. over the electrical light sockets. And so, you know, you'd be terrified to touch a switch for fear of being electrocuted and the owners wouldn't do anything about it. And oh. so we had, and so what, I moved. What a, what, a, what a common story. I remember that hillstorm very, very vividly, because I was writing a book about King's Cross criminals. Right. And so I'm standing on the balcony, and the balcony faced north, yep. right? And the storm came from the south, basically. So I'm standing there, and I hear bang, 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 bang. And I thought, shooting. Somebody's <laughs> shooting. <laughs> so as it turned into machine gun fire, yeah. I literally threw myself... Wow. To the, the, the balcony <laughs> floor. And I realized, oh, it's only hail. Yeah. 
But uh, I was quite relieved. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people were saying, did you see the hailstorm? I'm saying, yeah, great, wasn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't gunfire. Yeah. What about flatmates? Have you had a... Um, yeah, I've had interesting... Flat- Look, I've had a pretty good uh, luck with flatmates, actually. That's... You know, I've never had any real bad experiences. I've heard of, you know, terrible things to friends of mine, of course, but I'm been reasonably lucky i guess my most valuable advice that i can give to someone is the absolute nightmare of when i started buying apartments myself as a, as opposed to renting and moving to a building where there were shops right and the shops what happens is that there are owners but the shops are leased out Right. And so you have people in shops who don't care. Yeah. And don't care about building rules. Yeah. And don't care about the fact that they're spilling cooking oil from their back door all the way to the bin room. Yeah. And if they knock a thing of oil over in there, they just walk away and blame it on another shop. And yeah. massive, massive issues when there's commercial businesses like that in a building. Yeah. I would never do it again. They belong to a tribe where the word visitor parking actually means staff parking. Yeah, correct. Yeah. All of that as well. Yeah. So that's been, that would be, you know, by all means, apartment living is great, but uh, you want to look at things that could cause you grief in years to come. And things like there was an elevator in this apartment that I lived in as well. And the truth was that only a handful of people in the building used it. Most people walked up a flight of stairs from right. the underground right. garage yeah. and just did that. And then because we were right on the water, the salt air, somehow salt water got into the lift shaft and it broke. And then somehow the insurance got voided because the salt air. And and you find in these situations that no one takes any responsibility. No. And so we all end up having to pay extra money for a resource which actually isn't being used all that much yeah. and i was like going why don't we shut it down let's just not fix it and then you go but you can't when you've got an elevator it's yeah. now part of a health and safety that it must work so you end up trapped with this thing that probably never should have been built there in a tiny building that size anyway yeah. so you learn all these things as you go along in life but i know now that as a landlord because i now don't live there i i rent it out when the, they come through to me and say um, the toilet isn't one of the toilets isn't working, and they tell you this whole story, that, and, and I just go, "You don't need to tell me all of this. It needs yeah. to be fixed." Yeah, it just has to be. Yes, and then they go, "Is it all?" And the agent's always like, "So will it be all right if we fix it?" And I always go, "Yes, yes. it's got to be fixed." Yes, I don't want to pay it, but it has to be fixed. I like so I'm a great landlord because I've been on both sides of it, but I yeah. also know that eventually in those situations you you just can't. Say to someone, if someone's a good tenant yeah. and they're paying their rent on time. That's a huge thing, isn't and, it? And, you know, I have a an, an agent that says to me and says, they are great tenants based on that one thing. They pay. They pay their rent on time. So let's look after them. And I'm like, yes, let's. But ironically, they're know, not. They're never ever being demanding or asking for something that's unreasonable. Yeah. If something breaks down that needs to be fixed, fix it straight away yeah. as soon as possible. But you know who always pays the rent on time 
So people who are putting bunk beds, six bunk beds in one bedroom. I know that's not happening, Jimmy. I know that's not happening. I will say this. I had to do an inspection of it, and I was hugely thrilled to see that one of the great attractions of my apartment could have been something that I thought was a negative as I left because I moved into an apartment to live for life and then decided to go up north on this uh, folly. And so... I had put floor-to-ceiling bookcases in one of the bedrooms for DVDs for my vast collection. Would you believe the tenants in my place also have a vast DVD collection? Wow. So I think they're going, what are the chances of us finding another place where there's a whole room? So you've got kindred spirits (laughs) in there. But I was just thinking, you know, one of the, the great developments in apartments is one of the best and worst things is the flat screen TV. Because the flat screen TV, you look at the size of the television that you can now get in your lounge room. And when you think back, you know, 20 years, remember those giant reverse reflected things where, you know, just the box of the television had to be so huge. Massive. It was so thick at the back. And it would take up half the room. Yeah. And now you stick it on the wall. Yeah. And you've got your own little cinema. The trouble is, quite often that wall is got another apartment on the other side yeah so your action movie explosions are making their pictures oh my god right yeah right but that's you know the price you pay for modern living yeah i've been talking to andrew mercado he's a television historian he is a cinema owner and a very interesting guy thanks for coming andrew thank you jimmy and we'll talk soon. And thanks for helping me that time too. You know, that time I said, I've got this question I need to ask you about apartment living. And I know this must drive you insane, but I re- I don't know who else to ask. Please help me. And you helped me. So thank did you. Did it work? It did work. Hey. Of course it worked. Your advice was spot on. My thanks to Andrew Mercado for his insight and wisdom about TV and movies, especially those set in apartments. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe through whatever service you get them and leave us a rating if you can, especially if you like it. If you're interested in finding out more about apartment living or have questions or have answers to other people's questions, please come to the website flat-chat.com.au. And, of course, there's this podcast every week and my column in the Australian Financial Review every weekend. I'm Jimmy Thompson. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Mm